So you're pulling out of Grinnell, you've graduated, and everything's packed up. Who are you with, and what are two or three things that you remember having with you? For me, this would have been the spring of 1990, and I was leaving Grinnell with my brother, Sam, who's also a Grinnell graduate, mm-hmm. and my mom. I remember stopping on the road for the, the first meal and talking about how different the graduation was in uh, 1990 from when my gr- brother had graduated in 1977. <laughs> and one of the things, kind of the themes that we talked about was his sense of all the people who he had met, my friends, that we were just not prepared for what was next in the world, that we didn't really kind of have much of a sense that Grinnell was such an insular, kind of isolated place, that what was next was, in his experience, for a sh- kind of a shock for him and his friends. They, most of them, had moved to New York City, mm-hmm. where I was heading to Chicago. I was going to start the kind of next chapter of my life, but um, in an interesting twist, maybe a couple of months before graduating Grinnell, a German professor I'd taken some courses with said that the college had gotten a Pew grant to, and they had some extra money so that they could send me if I was interested to go to the, the Germany for the summer. Mm. So even though um, I was on my way to Chicago for the next part of my life, from Chicago I was actually going to go to Germany to study at a Goethe Institute mm. for about five weeks. I was going to move to Chicago, but first I was going to Germany with the support of of the college and the other thing that's memorable about this um, that in fact my mom raised not that long ago because we were were talking about that graduation weekend was I had shaved my head about a (laughs) month before graduation oh you timed it so perfectly and and part of it was uh, part of this party that some friends and I were throwing so when my my mom and brother arrived. I forgot mm-hmm. to tell them that I had shaved my head, so I had very little hair. Oh, and it was a month out, so it's yeah. like stubble up there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was going to be heading off to uh, to Germany, and I had to do passport yeah. pictures. So, so it was it was kind of a chaotic <laughs> moment. But the, but the fact that it, you know I was heading to Germany was also you know yeah. you know you know incredibly exciting. Yeah, and I can imagine <laughs> that excitement. It, but it has this kind of finite into what that adventure is like you knew how long you were going to be there were there certain goals that you developed for your time there outside of the academic piece things that maybe you hadn't had the opportunity to do at Grinnell because it is small and in Iowa (laughs) well I mean it it was fascinating because my last part of my Grinnell experience was uh, when the Berlin Wall Mm. fell so we had these kind of teach-ins about what's going to happen to wow. Germany because we'd all you know grown up with with the Cold War, the, these two Germanys, the world was going through these revolutionary changes, and what was funny was everyone emphasized the one thing that won't happen is you won't have the reunification of Germany. That's the one thing everyone <laughs> agreed upon. And then of course I'm in Germany when they're in the process they re, re uh, unified the currency. Yeah. You know, I went to see remnants. I have pieces of the Berlin Wall. So how soon after it fell did you arrive? 
Uh, well, I think the wall falls in November of 89, yeah. and then I'm there in 1990 in, in June. So they still were two countries went uh, by train to see East yeah. Berlin, which felt like it was trapped in yeah. in the World War II era. Yeah. So it was incredible. And what was funny on kind of the unexpected quality is I'm going to Germany, and I really think I'm only going to speak German. This is where it's really going to come mm. in to play. And then the people in the program, there were uh, some students from South Carolina, uh, some other Americans, but all the other people from other European countries all wanted to practice their English because they were going into kind of the hotel industry. So nobody spoke German. The second classes ended. They all wanted to to speak English. And it was kind of a, a shock that that summer and then trying and I was also found it very striking that I'd been a history major Mm -hmm. I'd studied all this this history and then late in the day decided to become an American historian and then I was with many people from South Carolina who talked about the Civil Wars the War of Northern Mm -hmm. Aggression and and, then they had a completely different understanding of American history and you've never been exposed to that other voice on it yeah. yeah so it was so trying to explain to people, you know, what it was to be an American, kind of yeah. this time was was really striking, and it was also a lot of reflection on on, on what the time at Grinnell had meant, yeah. what was, what was going to be be next. So when you came back from yeah. Germany, yeah. what was the opportunity in Chicago, and what were some of those? revelations when you came back about your time at Grinnell? Well, it was really striking. So like from Germany and I have to find housing in, in Chicago, I went to, uh, they had kind of a, a housing authority for, I was going to enter a program for a master's degree mm-hmm. in U.S. history. And the housing people gave me some places to look at. And the first place I went to, there was a graduate student who uh, was an exile from China that he had been part wow. of the Tiananmen Square yeah. demonstrations. You know, we became roommates. So I not only had just you know graduated <laughs> from Grinnell, you know, I was, uh, was living with this guy who was a little bit older, who grown up in a you know very different culture, and then had uh, he was studying econometrics. He had been yeah. stationed in Mongolia alone, yeah. so he could make anything into a meal. You know, I came from Grinnell, which is incredibly liberal, where his kind of understanding of the world and politics were dramatically different. Yeah. Very much a you know, believer in free markets, came to the University of Chicago for that reason. And one of my early memories, and he had, when he had first gone to Texas before coming to Chicago, he had picked... Uh, the name uh, Clinton, as it's an American name. This was before you know the election yeah. of Bill Clinton, and you know the world was changing. But one of our first you know nights together, he um, had gotten a credit card, so he had leased a car. He had a television, so he had yeah, all yeah. of this uh, kind of commercial stuff that I really didn't have. And we watched Saturday Night Live, where at that point a lot of the show was kind of commentary on the first President Bush and yeah. Dana Carvey doing these famous impersonations. And for my Chinese roommate, he was aghast that how could right. you uh, mock political <laughs> leaders? This was a disaster. Yeah. And then by the end of the summer, he was the biggest fan of Saturday Night Live, <laughs> you could imagine. So the whole thing which I was beginning to 
realize was uh, 1990 that the world was, was changing with the end of the Cold War. Yeah. It was you know unclear what was going to happen uh, in China, and then you know sharing this apartment with Clinton that the first Gulf War yeah. began. So now, kind of where I am in my life, the irony is you know as an historian, I'm now actually writing a, a book about the 1990s and some of those those people <laughs> yeah. in, in Chicago. That's really interesting because yeah. I'm thinking about, I can't remember where it was, but this yeah. idea of an event or a historical phenomenon moving from memory to history. There's a lot of factors at play in how that happens. Um, and to have that be your scholarship in terms of taking something that is still, for many people, memory, but is starting to kind of, you know, yeah. ferment a little bit <laughs> yeah. and move. I mean, do you think, do you think that the ability to look critically at something that you yourself experienced is that something that you gathered from the work you did at Grinnell or more from the experiences you had going out into this moment of rapid social change it's really interesting to, to think about a from the the first tutorial I took was on the death and rebirth of, of democracy uh, there are a couple of things that were struck me at Grinnell, I had a moment which I, you know, I wrote my senior thesis about mm. how history had been studied at, at Grinnell yeah. over time and really got to know the various professors. But a moment that really struck me, uh, a professor was teaching a course, uh, it was second half of U.S. history, but we read a book on Vietnam from the perspective of, of the soldiers mm. and our, like it was the end of the semester. A lot of my classmates hadn't read the book. A couple of us yeah. had, and the professor was so angry that he that he had to walk out. That he just had to say, <laughs> "You don't understand that these decisions are so important." And it was one of those moments where um, it shocked us into realizing that you know we are kind of part of the, this this history and yeah. these these moments. So I think that time we really uh, thought that, w that we owned Grinnell when you were there by the mm. time you were a senior. So I remember oh, even... You mean we don't? Yeah, or even <laughs> when... You know, a little bitter about these people coming for commencement. Like, yeah. why are you here? Even though right. they're family Absolutely. And, and friends that you know, we created, that this is... And what I think you begin to realize later on is kind of what's special about the Grinnell experience is you do that in all the communities you move on to, mm. um, that some of the things I did... you have yeah. a sense of ownership in yeah. that way. Yeah, and you want to play that kind of central role of connecting people, uh, building a, a sense of, of what kind of shared values yeah. are, what distinguished Grinnell from almost other other experiences was you know everything was free and open to everyone. It was egalitarian yeah. in a way much of the rest of the world wasn't. Yeah, well, let me ask, yeah. now here working at a very different kind of academic institution yeah. uh, here at UNLV, yeah. what do you think are the, the pieces that, one, are consistent just across it being in academia? Some sure. of the, yeah. whether it's the openness or whether it's the inventing, I mean, how do you imagine your role, or is there anything that you feel like you're bringing from that and is sorely needed here and you can kind of provide? A couple of things. The big difference between my experience in college and then when I first came here was when I was at Grinnell, almost everyone was the traditional 18 to 22. Mm. Uh, it was a you know, homogeneous in a way where when I first came to UNLV in, in 1997, 
a lot of the students I had in class were older than I was, and I had you know, spent wow. some time in, in graduate school. Whole people had families, career. Yeah. Uh, they were trying the the fit education in and very complicated time. So it was a very mm -hmm. different kind of place. It felt like the combination of a research university and the scholarship people were doing um, more like a community college, and yeah. in some ways, where now uh, the students I teach are more traditional. There's a lot yeah. of kind of full-time uh, first semester freshmen who yeah. wouldn't be that different from uh, people you, you would see in a classroom in a small liberal arts college. But what I've stressed from day one when I was here is I uh, tell students that this public university, which has historically been very inexpensive, they're gonna have. They're gonna read the same materials. Mm. We're gonna have the same conversations as if they were paying for a very elite education. Yeah. That that that's part of the excitement with the democratization of of education. We're gonna treat this class as if it's happening anywhere. You read the same material. I'm gonna push you. I'm gonna demand the same the same level of work. Some of the changes you make, you do a lot more writing. Yeah. At, and uh, that's a huge difference. Same time, there. This is an. This is one of the most diverse um, undergraduate bodies. You know, it's, mm. you know, six or seven. Uh, it's hard for me when I look at a classroom that there are people, mm. where are people city. So, so it's a very different than than Grinnell yeah. was. And then urban uh, campuses have, you know, it's it's public in a lot. You you encounter just such a wide range of. Of, of people in the classes that you teach that you have to figure out how they aim things where the, the really talented students aren't bored mm. but the people who have less preparation and are first generation college students yeah. um, can also find ways to So to with succeed. that range it creates a whole other challenge for an educator. Um,